really got to try on that left hand side. What happened? <laughs> oh, but I've gone up and over, and Marty head over biscuit. It was a, uh, it was, a, it wasn't enough stability there for myself. But um, no, I was busting for a bit to make this game. It didn't seem to work out. Hello, cheers, and welcome, welcome to the Scrum of the Earth podcast, the weekly show that brings you news, reviews, great interviews, and so much more all about the world of rugby. As always, I'm your host. My name is David Lawrence. I'm an American rugby fan who follows the game wherever I can find it all over the globe. If you'd like to get in touch, well, I would love to hear from you. I'm easy to find on all your socials. You can always drop me an email at thescrumoftheearth at gmail.com. Well, as you've undoubtedly noticed, this is not your regular weekly episode, but is in fact yet another bonus episode this time we're thrilled to announce the return of two of our mainstays in fact two of the loveliest lads i know quite frankly it's the original gruesome twosome it's john and craig from the scottish rugby podcast boys welcome back and how the heck are you all right a gruesome twosome i've, I've do you know what the the thing is i've probably been called worse in the last week just just <laughs> in our own pod you know so no very very well david it's good to, good to be here as always mate I'm just blushing here. I'm all shucks, David. Oh, my, oh, my. Old, I've, I've got an old coy. My, my, my. <laughs> so, uh... You have the vapors. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing great, so, thanks. It's nice to be here. John, I understand that you've been getting a lot of gigs recently, playing in your tragically hip cover band, of course. Um, what, are guys, <laughs> what are you guys calling yourselves again? Is it just, oh, definitely going to rain soon? Oh, <laughs> pretty much, yeah. The, the 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 hip is hanging in there gradually. So, uh, yes, heist heist are doing okay at the moment. Um, stealing stealing other people's songs since twenty twenty one. So we're doing well. Uh, Craig, my friend, last time you were on, I promised you to put the Hoover jokes to bed for a final time, and I am true to my word. I'm not even going to ask you if work sucks for you these days. Uh, of, of course, those days are in fact behind you anyway, right? So li listeners might not know, but the Craig man has actually branched out and started his own business. Uh, if I understand correctly, like it's an exercise program where you can sort of get fit while keeping your floors spotless at the same time. You can actually sign up through their website, RoombaZumba.org. Is that right? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why I come on this podcast sometimes. You know? <laughs> It's for the room of Zuma. Come on, I can, I can, uh, I can just go downstairs and talk to my wife and get this much, uh, this much abuse. It's ridiculous. So is, is that is that double O, double O in Roomba Zumba, or is it a U in Zumba? Where are we going with this, David? I'm just, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm just signing up just now for for a second program. <laughs> yeah, I'm still wondering how we got the dot org. <laughs> we're going global baby we are going well global. If, you, if you go into x I've, i do have a i've paid for a blue tick so uh did you, you know did you uh, did you pay for a blue tick at, at, at roombazumba.co <laughs> no uh... <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm embarrassed to say i actually corrected my own little uh script more than once trying to decide which one gets the double o and which one gets the u <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> So, my friends, it's truly great to have you back. Once again, I appreciate your taking the time. I don't know what made me think of it, but there's there was a great SNL sketch where they were parodying like a, a Sunday late morning talk show. And the host began by saying, you're here right now because it's too early for football, but too late for church. <laughs> <laughs> that that really is why we're here. Yeah. It really much. is, yeah. 
Yep, I had pizza, and then there was a there was some talking to do. So, yeah, dinner, <laughs> dinner's on. It's all good. All right, I had a very posh breakfast in St Andrews this morning. Oh, di- oh darling, did you? Oh, Absolutely, oh, darling. Oh, Just wow! Did you visit the nineteenth hall? Well, <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's my personal life. Leave that alone. <laughs> wow, we're already there. <laughs> Okay, thanks this for joining fact, us today. Fact, <laughs> this is the first time we've been sober in this podcast in a while, and it's already like should, 10 times worse. I'm just like, should I leave now? Should I get my coat? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say something so inappropriate there. No? Yeah, you know, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> whoa. I'm glad. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> so. Casual rugby fans like yourselves might not know this, but the Rugby World Cup recently came to an end. Did either of you watch any of that tournament at all? Uh, spoiler alert, Tom Brady's favorite team won. <laughs> there's there's rugby in other bits of the world? I genuinely thought we were just like playing it in Europe and we would call it the World Cup like, and you don't have like the World Series featuring Europe. <laughs> like, I, I, I didn't, I didn't realise there was other teams. I see where you're going with this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure your well, fans but, do as well. <laughs> well, 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 let's let's just go back to our, our conversation about the uh, the WXV2 uh, women's tournament. Oh, um, that, how good a uh, tournament was that, Craig? Um, yeah. It was a it was a very very good tournament and 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 some uh, stiff op- opposition for Scotland it, women, but it was but pretty Scotland global, was, wasn't it? It was global, global. yes, absolutely, you know. With that uh, that final 60 minutes, it was just a beautiful display. (laughs) The the first 20 minutes, of course, didn't actually happen. I I heard the news. It was uh, taken out of the game later, so it was a big win for the Eagles. (laughs) (laughs) That that was a recurring theme in Scotland's WXV2 pool, actually, because the first 20 minutes against Japan as well was a, a horror show, and then for 60 minutes, we just absolutely spanked them. So, you know. But a sixty-minute team. They were deserving winners. It was a it was a great showing for Scotland. I I really enjoyed it. I was disappointed with the Eagles. I I I I was surprised we didn't beat Scotland, and then I was really surprised we didn't beat Italy. But maybe I just haven't been paying as close attention as I thought I was. Italy are quite a good side, to be fair to them. You know, they're they're one of the teams. Obviously, we we have them in the Six Nations, and when when you come up against Italy, it is. I know it sounds like such a cliche, and you would normally say it about France, but it really is very unpredictable. What Italian side will turn up. Um, Italy have got the potential to blow pretty much maybe every team bar your top three. They've got the potential to blow them off the park or lose by 70 points. They are a very, very inconsistent but exciting to watch team. So um, I wasn't wasn't desperately surprised that they had a good tournament, but I'm glad, obviously... I think it would have been, you know, back to what I said on the the podcast uh, during the week there. It's just a frustration that, you you know, the the tournament's designed to be balanced and, you know, you've got teams of an equal level playing against each other, really competitive fixtures, but you're still not getting the two teams who were up for the title playing against each other. Yeah. Which is just classic world rugby nonsense of the third tier is the one that looks a little embarrassing like uh it's almost punitive to the ireland to ireland um though uh, you know it feels like the people in charge should be the ones getting the punishment like come on <laughs> absolutely yeah absolutely but um so you know, really exciting stuff in the wxv1 though some some already amazing upsets 
well, I, I mean, I, I, I personally wasn't upset watching uh, Wales take 70 points. I'm quite happy for Wales to always lose. Doesn't matter where, when, how. 70, 70 points. Have you saw the video? Just, sorry, total segue. I'm off, off on my, my trike here somewhere else. Um, have you seen the video of Dan Bigger pulling his back? Yeah. Oh, how funny. No. How funny. Well, you what see, happened? Yeah, I'm slightly different. He was down at, he was playing for Toulon at the weekend. Yeah. And uh, mm. he, he was going to take a kick um, for goal. And just as he brought his leg back to, to, to kick through the ball, he just had to be pulled up and felt the floor with his back spasm. So, oh, my um, gosh. So I don't know if he had a bet with someone on the point spread. Um, <laughs> or, or whether he... Yeah, you know, it was, I, uh... It was it was, it was uh, Rob Howley. It was it was somebody. Yeah, Rob, Rob Howley was Former Welsh Rob. international embroiled in scandal. You heard it. Yeah. You heard it here first. But I, I I don't like to see anyone get he's in. On the I, really don't. I, I really know. don't. But um but on the other side of things, he's uh he falls um into the same category as Johnny Sexton and also Owen Farrell in in my level of what's disdain. the word disdain. Yeah. It was uh, oh, uh, by the way, um, again another segue, but um, there's a there's a, a player. I forgot is it Gareth Shilcock, um, who plays for Leicester Tigers, and was playing against Saracens yesterday, and um, Owen Farrell came in for um one of his usual upright tackles and got a f- a face full of hand and was, oh! put, was put on the floor by Shilcock and uh, oh! I, uh, and it was highlight beautiful. of the year. Oh, it was beautiful. So um, you need to be having a wee look on YouTube for that one, David, because it is. Oh, beautiful. that's great. I'm Maybe I'll make it, it my right screensaver. <laughs> it's a screensaver moment. It really is because 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 <laughs> everybody, including the including the guys who are commentating, said, "I know Farrell will be really angry at that one." <laughs> <laughs> Those are some of my favorite words in that particular order. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we've totally derailed derailed the podcast here. Um, you know, just talking about how Scotland beat um beat the Eagles there. So beat several teams. Uh, there were there were several teams. Oh, maybe. I, I, I do apologise for derailing your uh, derailing the start of the podcast, David. Hey, I, I understand. It, it's a moment of celebration. Scotland won something, so I, I understand. You guys need to crow a little. Hey, bit. listen, we're we're not proud. We're happy. We're happy to grab a hold of anything, including the uh, including the hubcaps of glory um, within the URC as well. So, uh... so I just talked to Johnny about this th- this past week, and I I honestly thought he was kidding about those two things. I thought he was kidding about getting awarded the the shield in in a in a car park, and also that they looked like hubcaps. He's like, no, 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 the, those both those things are absolutely true. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, though, that's the only problem I have with Johnny at that point in time because he told some truths on 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 your podcast, including his love for Munster. I'm 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 thoroughly oh, I'm, I'm no, thoroughly un, with unimpressed with that. You know, we're going to have that to was a revelation, huh? Yeah, we're <coughs> going to have to have a word. He's gone There's, to the dark side with Patricia. You know, you think you know someone. You yeah. think you know someone, Craig, and then shocking truths. This I think just you know an appeal to all all that are listening to this today. You know, check those courses to you. You just ask the question. Yeah. <laughs> you never know. You never if you know. don't ask. You never know. Do you, Next, do you, do you like Have Munster? you been thinking about Munster? Yeah. Just, just you wait. Not only is he a Tory, <laughs> not only is he a Munster supporter, but I bet he loves Trump too. Oh, I can oh, see man. that. Actually, I can yeah. see that. <laughs> 
Well, once Craig, once you get this SRU job, you guys will be peas in a pod, of course. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> no such thing. Don't know what you're talking about. I do. Oh, I can really go for a pee when I'm on the pod. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of recent podcasts, Craig, of course, you and I had a grand old time predicting how the World Cup for the men would unfold. Uh, neither of us got particularly close. Um, but what was your biggest surprise in the World Cup this year? Is there anything that you look back on and think, Woo, I never saw that coming. Um, I think for me, I think, uh, I think obviously, um, I have to, well, France getting bundled out. I thought France coming out, the coming out, um, uh, you know, in the semifinals was, no, it was quarterfinals, was it? Quarters. Yeah. Quarters, yeah. Um, France, France losing um, was quite surprising. I think for me, the biggest takeaway is, is how, big the gulf is between the top four teams and the rest of the world. Um, you know, definitely. We, you know, that England, Scotland, um, Wales, uh Italy. Well Italy we'll we'll let John talk about Italy because he's never forgiven them for the war. So but um uh, but uh, we'll we'll talk about Italy at some point. But I think the um some wounds never heal man. Yeah they really don't man. Um so uh, you were never <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not going to take the joke. Um, but uh, I, think, uh, <laughs> I think the thing is, you, you know, we we think we're pretty special. We do love our own our home teams. We, we we think we can do a lot, and then you go to a World Cup and you realise that you're you're not even scratching the surface. Um, mm. So uh, yeah, it's um, I think that's my biggest surprise is, is the the golf. John, uh, you of course were beating the Scotland will not get out of the pool stages drum for months leading up to this tournament. Yep. Sadly, you got that very right. Um, so there must have been something else that actually did surprise you. Uh, I mean, broken clock and all that, David. Occasionally, occasionally I'm right. Um, no, it's, you know, right. So I would say that overall, I don't think there was anything surprising in terms of because of... So the, the big things that probably people would automatically jump to, the All Blacks reaching the final, having been so poor, you know, having gotten gubbed by South Africa before the tournament, having had a bad couple of years, literally to the point where Foster, you know, doesn't have a job now. Um, England going to, you know, going to a whisker away from a final. But I think those of us who maybe just, you know, keep an eye on these things, the draw favoured England. England were always going to get through the pool stages, even though they made that they done their absolute damnedest to make sure they didn't. Um, and then from that point, it was knockout rugby, and you know they had the weakest side of the draw. They, you know, Fiji putting Australia. Out. I think we could have all possibly seen that coming as well. You know, the Eddie Jones uh, hype train has come to a shuddering and quite spectacular crash. Holy cow! Yeah, yeah, I mean, be- yeah. beautiful stuff. If you were a, if you were a Japanese rugby union at the moment, you'd be like, "Can we get out of this?" Like, I mean, he's broke a contract before. Can we convince him to do that? Like, is that okay? Um, so I don't think there was anything unpredictable. I just think almost the worst, like some of the worst things that you know we said when when, when the draw in particular was made. Some of the worst things that could have happened did happen. You know, you saw Wales who. I was so hopeful for a team like Georgia to give them a, another fright. Didn't happen. They squeaked through and then were shown up for what they are. England are not a good rugby side. 
in a world of Sundays, it is they are not a good rugby side, but they seem to get you know every time they came up against a team who could challenge them, that team had a had a bad day. You know, Argentina just didn't turn up on the first first pool game. South Africa that just screwed up so many predictions. Like yeah. Argentina coming out and pooping themselves. I think John, the way you put it, was they came out, took a dump in their own hands, and then clapped. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, that's that's how bad it was. Um, so I don't think so. I mean, obviously, most people are going to go and want to talk Ireland, right? Ireland, world number one, you know, the juggernaut. And a lot of people were were jokingly suggesting, well, they are bottle merchants in the quarterfinals. I I thought the draw meant they would lose in the quarterfinals. I, I, I predicted it right at the start. I didn't think Ireland were going to get past the quarterfinals because of the draw. That's me being right twice. So that was that was all I had for the tournament. But <laughs> but you know I feel like I, I should start filling a boat with two of every animal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <totally. laughs> I mean it's dry out there at the moment, but there has been some apocalyptic rain recently, so maybe I'm too late. <laughs> no, I mean I, I think it was it was a uh, well John, kind of sticking with you and you're you're already yeah. kind of hinting at it. Like give us a team that underperformed in the pool stages. You know, certainly there was a few of them, but which yeah. team really stood out? Which team made you think, what on earth is happening with these guys? So I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you two teams. Obviously, our, uh, not Argentina, Australia were the one that really they, they were the standout one. They were an absolute like shell of an Australian rugby team. It's almost like you look at when you fire a coach so far, so so close to a World Cup, you. Then the incoming coach, who is actually a dinosaur of a of an era that nobody really wants to talk about, who then replaces all the senior players and calls up kids. It's I can't I can't see how it went so wrong. Like I mean, I, that sounds like a really foolproof plan, actually. Um, <laughs> you know, it just the problem Australia I've got is rugby is, you know, similar to America, actually. Rugby is fourth, fifth choice at best now. It's and, way down the road. And it's only getting worse. So, you know, if you're a, let's say, you know, let's be cynical about this for a second. You're a Pacific Island kid who has these options and, you know, you're thinking, well, where am I going to go and play my rugby? Australia was a viable option for you maybe four or five years ago. Now you'll be heading to Wellington before you know it. Like your kid, your your parents will be straight on the plane over to New Zealand if that's what they wanted to do for your rugby development. Nobody will touch Australia now. It's an absolute well, shambles. In the, in the Eddie Jones aftermath, people are saying he ruined these young players too by putting them to the you know putting them in the fire like this and having this horrible experience. How much truth is there to that? Do you think you know? Nwaganatinawase, is, is he going to be a less of a player now because of this horrible experience? Like, I just, I, I want to think that professional athletes are more resilient than that. And they're going to be like, oh, thank God we got out from under the yoke of this madman. Now we can get back to doing what we're good at. I I think that I th- think they're going to breathe a sigh of relief and and, and, and move on. Um, I think, I think their biggest issue. Well, <laughs> And I'm going to, yeah, Eddie Jones has said that when he realised, once he'd signed up and he was starting to coach Australia, when he realised that there was, um, uh, that that he wasn't going to be able to do anything to change things within Australian rugby, this is what, this is what caused him to look for the door. Now, I can see a little bit of his point, 
and and if you can't change things and you and you've been sold a uh, sold a pup, then then maybe you 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 do need to make make a run for the door. The problem yep. you have is that he created the pup in the first place because because Dave Rennie was getting there. Um, and Dave Rennie had some class coaches there, some some fantastic, fantastic, fantastic coaching staff, um, and there was the ability there to do something with Australian rugby. Um, and those players that were playing on the field, I think, are outstanding rugby players. They just the the issue I the issue that he's always had. If you look at you know maybe. Japan's slightly different, but if you look at his term, his term with um with England, he he started off well, and he started off talking about um, uh, you know, he had to change everything that was going on with um with 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 Lancaster's team, so he got the ability to 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 clear the decks and bring in some new guys, but he had four years to do it. Um, he also <clears throat> had the ability to. Bring on some high class coaches and work with them. Now, when this, when the high, the first, the first say, sign of problems is when the high class coaches start leaving. Yep. Um, and then you realise um, that if you look at all of the English players, they are having a, they look like they're having a miserable time of it, and they're telling us all, oh, it's happy. They're, oh, we're all so happy. Whenever someone starts telling you that, the, yeah. you know, they start coming out in the press and telling you how much fun they're having, and there's there's video clips of them having a great time. But we we had that a couple of years ago when Tooney was going through Scotland, and we had um, um, uh, Hoggy being frightened by John Barkley all the all those times. You know, yeah. oh, look at how much fun we're having. Yeah, you're not having fun at the moment. The things are a bit of a bit of a. <clears throat> Well, Craig, I'm curious. So something that I haven't heard people talking about that that worries me. So Australian rugby are in not a great place. And then they're like, oh, we can get this weird scumbag coach. Let's fire our coach who seems to be okay. Get him in there. Everything goes to hell in a handbasket. And now he's gone. That kind of gives Australian rugby a reprieve where they can be like, hey, not our fault. Like we we made the mistake of hiring this guy who sold us this bill of goods. And look, he's he's a liar and a crazy person, and now he's gone. So hey, we've done our job. Like it almost feels like they bought themselves an extra cushion of time for people to be like, oh, okay, well, we're supposed to suck now because of these other things. And they they've successfully deflected the arrows of blame away from themselves when in fact, you know, even Eddie Jones was talking about it, like the the, the problems are systemic, not just in one position. Do you, do you think that Australian rugby is almost worse served now because they can say, oh, well, we got rid of the problem? I, I hope that I hope they have a situation where they actually start to implement a little bit of change because they're, it's almost being forced upon them. Um, you know, I'm not saying that Eddie Jones did a huge amount wrong with getting rid of older players who maybe were, 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 were the stopper in the bottle for the younger players coming through. But um, I think I think the big I think one of the forget about Eddie Jones I think one of the biggest uh, signs for Australian rugby was when the Australian women's team put the press release out and and were, yeah. were and yeah. were saying you know they're telling us that they can't fly us from here to there um, but they can spend however many million attracting five, a, five rugby million league, a rugby league player over you know um, I, I just it's. It's 
everybody said everybody in the UK says Australia is um is the UK 20 years ago. Yeah. Hmm. Everyone says this. So there's racism, <laughs> there's there's um don't get me wrong, there's plenty of racism. Killing, <laughs> you guys got rid of racism 20 years really, ago? That's great. Really, <laughs> really, but it's rife. Um that the, the you know the, they've got some fairly backward political views. Um and then um um and then you've got issues where um the rugby union is very, very similar at the moment to the RFU 20 years ago. Now, don't get me wrong, there's lots of lovely Australian people and there's lots of um progressive Australian people, and I'm not trying to say that Australians are just racist. They're not. Okay. But there is there is it, it's just <laughs> I'll let you say that, John. Um, but, uh, for me, for me, it's a, it's it's it, you know they have to look at themselves and now start shaking themselves down a little bit now because they've been burnt. They thought they'd bring this guy on to try and paper over the cracks. Bring on the you know then the RFU did exactly the same thing. They brought on Eddie Jones to paper over the cracks, and he was lucky that he got he got a, he brought on some really good players. They managed to get themselves a grand slam in the first. In the first uh, year of him and working with yeah. them, and then that that kind of again that paper the cracks over and let him have have his way. Um, so yeah, it's going to be it, just as you say, David. I think it's very difficult for for the, the for the Australian rugby public because they've not only have they had a a really poor coach now uh, and someone who's a, a proven liar and 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 a little bit of a an ass. Um, you've now got an you know an Australian rugby association or union or whatever you want to call it who. And they can now turn and point at somebody and say it's all his fault. But the, the, yeah, the yeah. problems were there. But the, John, the, I feel like the, the way here. Yeah, no, no. So I think you're absolutely right, Craig. But I think that's not going to fly. So Australia have now got a huge problem in that no coach. So obviously, you don't, how do you, how do players improve? How do how do you situations improve? Even if you're looking at a you know a structure that you don't have much flexibility in. You need world class coaches within that structure to 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 develop world class players. We know we know that's a kind of proven you know way that things work out. Good players come from good coaches. No good coach worth their salt will touch that Australian job. Nobody will go there because the Australian Rugby Union have proven that they if someone bats their eyelashes at them, they will jump. No coach will, will you know Dave Rennie given his time wouldn't touch that Australia job. Because they've proven they will snap, make a change as soon as they can, and not give a coach time. And you know, obviously, there's a there's a balance to be struck between giving a coach time to implement their systems, implement their philosophy, and results. It's a results based business. We know that, right? But if you're looking at a, an international side building for, you know, in Australia's case, building for World Cups. You know, I know we don't like to talk about four-year cycles. We talk about the next game, but the next game should be in the context of a four-year cycle. You do have to take sometimes, especially when you've been a bit of a basket case of, you know, a, a national union. You do have to take a wee bit of pain to allow someone, a progressive coach, to put their philosophies in place. It's why I think Rennie would have been a fabulous coach for them long term, and I think he's been cutting his, you know, cut off it and. You know, I've mentioned mentioned him for Scotland a few times as well, but I, th- I think he would be a good a good fit for Scottish rugby. Um, but the Australian Rugby Union have absolutely blown any chance they've got of getting a world class coach. Anyone taking that job is either insane or incompetent, and Eddie Jones was both. Uh, Craig, 
switching gears just a little bit, can you give us the match that you enjoyed the most before we got to the knockout stages? The knockout stages in this World Cup were unbelievable. Um, but before we got to that, there were so many interesting things that happened in the pool stages. Um, just to get the juices flowing, I'll, I'll give you a, a couple of options. There was, of course, the opening fixture of the entire tournament where France beat New Zealand by a full two converted tries. Nine days later, Fiji put Australia to the sword. Georgia, who a lot of people not named me, had pegged to impress this year, drew their match against Portugal. Your team got a convincing win against an Israel Folau free Tonga side, proving once again that God does work in mysterious ways. <laughs> um, <laughs> anything leaping to mind for you? <laughs> I think um, I think uh, uh, Portugal beating Fiji. Yeah. Um, that game was wonderful to watch, and and uh, and and you know, and that's that was that that's where I, I think one of my most disappointing parts of the World Cup was Fiji because they they looked they looked fantastic before they came in to the World Cup, and yep. they were playing, they actually were playing a good brand of rugby. They weren't play, playing the full out Fiji rugby. They were right. They were, their set piece, their, 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 you know, their, 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 their um, patience on the, on, on the, um, uh, on the field was being paid off by, you know, there were a couple of rucks and then they were moving the ball. Um, big Bill Matter was coach seemed to make a huge difference. So oh, what was that that yeah. famous quote about fitness brings clarity? And yeah. they 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 looked it and it, like you said, like they set cleaned up the set piece. Suddenly they were just a damn good team, and suddenly they kind of went back. Yeah, and I think uh, I think what every 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 World Cup we get a surprise from us, an emerging nation or us to a tier two nation or whatever you want to call them, and and you know, two thousand nineteen it was Uruguay, um, you know, who still had a fairly decent World Cup this time, yeah. but um, you know, seeing Chile um, or Chile or wherever you want to pronounce it, um, and Portugal play just raises raises your blood pressure, raises your your heartbeat and makes you go, yeah, rugby's okay. Um, when you've got teams like that playing, and then those are the games you're going to remember ten years from now too. You're going to be like, I remember where I was sitting when I watched Portugal win that game, right? Yeah, yeah, because you know, okay, fair, you know, one I will remember an England game, and that was the the one that they beat. I'm trying to think who they beat. Um, it was the, when George Ford kicked the um. The the, uh, the drop goals in Argentina. Argentina. Yeah, yeah, it was that first. Was it, yeah. But yeah, I'll for, remember it for the opposite reason. Well, that, well but that's, <laughs> exactly. that's that's what that's exactly what I was going to tell you. Say, John, um, is the fact that what England did this tournament was basically, and we talked about papering over the cracks, but Borthwick yeah. has has done that. He's gone right. Yeah. How are we going? How are we going to beat these teams? Well, we're going to bore them to death. Yeah, um, yeah, so, yeah. So, and that's what they did. They had so, so much success for a rugby team that refused to play rugby. It was really yeah. weird. Yeah, no, no, you have the ball, please. No, 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 please, you have the ball. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and and so that seemed to be, you know, that's what I remember that. But what what that then, and also, you know, your, your Springboks, your 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 New Zealands, your France's uh, France is slightly different because France are. France like to play, um, you know, but your Springboks and your New Zealands, etc., who all um, win, win by one point because they've kicked it well and they keep kicking the ball, etc., etc. They keep kicking through the posts. They know how to win through defence 
And then yeah. you have these teams coming out and just, you know, any any team for me that has a prop forward with long hair and a moustache like uh, like uh, a French Renaissance, um, <laughs> uh, you know, that's okay with me. And also um, having someone... Yeah. Um, uh, uh, having uh, you know, having a player called Mike Tadger, you know, that's awesome, oh, uh, unbelievable. That guy. <laughs> he, he, he basically played all 15 positions in that one game, too. It was incredible. He was like, yeah, Oh, absolutely. I got that kick for you, no problem. Yeah, <laughs> John, essentially the same question for you. I mean, but so when Scotland got absolutely humped by Ireland that showed everyone just how right you were leading into this tournament was that your favorite moment of the pool stages <laughs> I mean I do like to be right but do you know <laughs> right so let's let's backtrack very slightly on that because right Scotland didn't get absolutely humped by Ireland Scotland got soundly beaten by a much much better side right and True. Scotland Scotland in selection and this is where so you know i know i'm like a broken record but we do have to ask questions yet again the selection for the ireland game was all wrong it was all wrong and we had a feeling as soon as that squad was announced i remember in the group chat craig uh as johnny cammy all going oh okay this is interesting i mean it was almost like reverting to type and going let's pick a team that we know is going to lose against Ireland. It was the definition of insanity. And we had opportunities. We had chances. We had, you know, a couple, couple of bounces of the ball, a couple of refereeing decisions. It's always the way against Ireland. You need to take all your chances. You need to be at the top of your game. But we picked the wrong team. And because of that, Ireland were able to put us away. And, you know, again, I would go whisper it, right? I know everybody's singing Ireland's praises and, being like, oh, they're you know a wonderful, wonderful team. They're not as good as people think they are. They're not actually like individually. Those players, a lot of them, you would replace them with other players in in other nations and go, he's a better player. He's a better player. They've got a style of rugby that works really well for them, and they grind you out. Mm. But they're not. For me, this Ireland team don't go down in the annals of history as anything special. I know that might be quite controversial, but I don't think they're that good a side. They're way better than us, but I don't think they're that good. Well, if you started with a, a dodgy selection in the first place, the moment when Blair Kinghorn went out and you and you yeah. could tell just but kind of by the look on his face, he's not coming back. Was that the end right there? I, I I think, yeah, I think, you know, obviously they'll have trained for that possibility, but I think with the way the selection had been kind of put together, there was, you know, it's it's back to Twickenham all those years ago where we got absolutely scalped. You know, one one selection impacts everyone in that backline. So, you know, all of a sudden you've got a guy going off at 15, so there has to be a change made here, and then somebody has to shift out here, and before you know it, you've got scrum half on the wing, and all of a sudden, all your best laid plans, which you need to go absolutely on point to beat Ireland, gone. You know, so I think I think it was a huge moment, and yeah, we. But it didn't change it. We were going to lose anyway. So, Craig, we've almost kind of been dancing around a little bit here. Um, I asked Patricia and Johnny the same thing last week. Did Coach of the Year Andy Farrell screw up Ireland's chances by fielding basically the same team every single round? 
Um, yes and no. Um, for for example, if you look at Scotland, where where the teams that played Scotland beat Scotland, they were smart to the Finn Russell to a Palotu Hugh Jones triangle that we've that we've that we've been de- developing. What amazes me? Thanks, Squidge. Yeah, thanks. Squidge. <laughs> yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. Squidge is a boy. Sometimes it's just a cheat sheet for the other side. You're like, yeah, can you wait exactly. a week. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, you then have this, you know, you then have these other teams who then go up against Ireland, and not one person comes around the corner and smashes um, smashes Johnny Sexton yep. when he does his wrap around. Johnny Sexton wraps around every single time. He's been doing it for twenty years. Yeah, he's been doing it for twenty years. So <laughs> what? What? Why? Um, <laughs> just he's you know, almost so, got it down. Yeah. So where where to? For example, Tooney gets it wrong, and 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 where people seem to get it wrong with Ireland is Tooney needs to either pick a team that's going to you know go with a five a five three bench and um, go out and play. Or he goes with a, uh, you know, a six-two bench, and defends. Yeah. That that's the choice. Unfortunately, when he picked the team that he he picked for the for the Irish game, it wasn't one or the other. It was kind of like trying to mash it all together. And the minute Kinghorn got injured, that problem went up, you know, up in smoke. Yeah. Where and and but what Farrell has done is he's found a recipe and said, this is my recipe, and I'm going to do this, and we're going to win this World Cup. And you can tell with every single person that was on that team, when they couldn't believe that they lost that game. Yeah. They couldn't believe it. They absolutely, you know, Johnny Sexton's walking around shaking his head. He couldn't understand how he had lost that game. And I think it's, just as you say, there was tiredness coming in, people were working them out. They got a referee who'd obviously been watching Ireland games and went, actually, funnily enough, Porter is a poor scrummager. You know, and- that, one of my favorite moments. So on the uh, on the rock and roll pod, Patricia said because of course she was there in the audience, and she said every single Irish person around her when Wayne Barnes blew up that scrum penalty and was like, "Oh, Andrew Porter, that's you." Everyone around her was like, "Uh oh, yeah. <laughs> today's yeah. the day." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he he refereed them on the ground in the in the rocks properly. Um, he refereed them in the in the um, in the scrummage properly, and you know it's just that I think that's it's a mixture of two things. I think the 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 referees over time have given Andy Farrell a false sense of security, um, and also his team. You know, if you look at the Six Nations, they're not playing as many games and as many varied games. You know, especially if they're playing up against you know big teams like South Africa that are really going to tire you out. Um, even Scotland, for example, I know that we got beaten quite handsomely by Ireland, but we had to up our our contact area. We had to really take them on, um, and 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 our lads, you know, they did. They showed that they could they could be nasty for twenty minutes or thirty minutes against Ireland. So it tired them out, and I think so. Yes, I think I think you I think Patricia was buying on. Um, I also, and and what what amazes me. Is the fact that, excuse me, excuse me, um, what amazes me is the fact that he has a he has this massive pool of players that are being developed by the IR uh, IRFU that could actually he could take with him and he didn't you know so yeah an interesting one. 
got a question for you. I've just been doing uh, some research in the background. Yeah, yeah. So if we if we include um so including Argentina and Fiji as top ten sides, okay? How many tries did England score against top ten sides this World Cup? Against top ten sides. Top ten sides. If we it's gotta, be, Ar- it's gotta be one one tops, right? So two? D- uh, well, sadly, the third place playoff counts as well. So they scored ah, two, right. in, two in the third <laughs> place playoff. So they managed four tries in total against top okay. ten sides. Two, two against Fiji, two against Argentina. So two in the quarterfinals and two in the the bronze final. But I mean, they're just. So they're, did their they don't total like scoring? Score. Did their drop goal scoring for the tournament outpace their try scoring points? About Must that, yeah. So twenty, so twenty points from tries. Um, what have we got? There's uh, one yeah, game so from George Ford. Farrell uh, got one against Fiji uh, and one against South Africa. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Can, can I give you a little bit of insight here? And and this is this is where the difference is between Ireland and England. Okay, because Ireland play a fairly similar similar game to England. Yeah. Okay. What Ireland want to do is kick the ball to you. Make you play and make a mistake. Yeah. When that mistake is made, and, and and you know it's either a scrum, and if if the referees are are letting Andrew Porter away with many things, they get a penalty. <laughs> they get a penalty, or if you you know, or or if they um they put you under serious pressure with the ball the the ball coming down and either take some one of the boys in the air or you something happens penalty, kick it to kick it to touch, maul it over and yeah. score. Where England have a problem, and it, it, it's crazy because I was watching uh, Saracens yesterday, and Saracens just looked absolutely uh, immense oh, they're, they're in their forward pack. Un, yeah, un, unstoppable when they get unstoppable. Yeah, but you've got people like Ben Earl, you've got Mario Toji, etc. In an England shirt, okay, Ben Earl may be slightly different because he does it. He, he's he's done a, a very very good job. He's a good, he's like, a good tournament. Likes, likes to awesome. tell that too. Yeah. Um, but um, not, not a big fan, but I would be an idiot not to say he had an incredible tournament. Yeah, he really did. But um, you, you're looking at what where England, the problem with England is that they do exactly the same thing, but they kick for goal. Um, and they, 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 they win by bringing the points up, bringing the points up, bringing the points up. Now, Scotland, we used to do that, and that was mainly because we couldn't score tries. Um, but England are kind of going through that at the moment. They can't score tries at this moment because they're going up against big teams that know how to defend against them, um, and they've only got one way of playing. So where Ireland are slightly different is that Ireland can change it slightly, and they've had the experience of Johnny Sexton. Now the interest for me will be Ireland and the Six Nations. If Ireland come out in the Six Nations now and absolutely lay waste to everybody, then we know, okay, he's brought new players in and he's yep. going to do a good job. But... See, it, it, it's almost like we talked ahead of time and you just teed that up for me. Because <laughs> 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 my next question is, with the huge number of players stepping down from the world stage after this World Cup, the Six Nations is going to have a very different complexion when it kicks off in a few months. I mean, well, no, the complexion will be pretty much the same. Pasty and freckly, I think, will be the order of the day. <laughs> um, but there will be a lot of different faces. Um, Craig, which team is going to be better off come the 2nd of February? Um, I, well, first things first, this is, you know, Scotland have an opportunity. Um, because they have an opportunity to 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 do a very have a very very good tournament, because obviously Ireland are going to be trying to um, 
bring in some new players and and and, and trying to quite, uh, you know trying to climatize them as quickly as they possibly can. England are exactly the same. They're going to have to be bringing in some some major players because you know you got like no matter no matter his views on 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 marriage and different things, Courtney Laws is, has been a phenomenal player for England. Um, uh, same with um, uh, well, I'm not. I was, I was Ben Youngs. You have to say has been a phenomenal player for England, but you know his he he should have maybe have stopped playing for England twenty caps ago. But that's a yeah. different story. Um, so they're going to be missing quite some some. Joe Marler's gone. Johnny um, May as well is away. He's gone. You've got the guys away to France as well. There's a few boys off to France. Yeah, so, yeah, they're yeah. all retirements. Some of these are just location. So, so you got. Um, I think Arundel's away to. He's away to uh, France. France away, as well. Uh, Racing is it or is Racing, it? I think. I think yeah. so. You know where where he'll actually get some ball <laughs> for a change. Oh, he's, he's <laughs> drooling at that prospect, <laughs> isn't he? Um, so you know you've got those players. Wales are rebuilding, um, and 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 we've got the ability to play around Wales. I think I think everything will realign and France will win the tournament. Um, because France are, you know, they won't have so many changes, um, and they'll be. John, still... John, where are you on this? Do you, do you agree, disagree? Like, France have been so good. I I picked them like a year ago to win their home World Cup. Um, but somehow I still feel like Ireland are primed to get another Grand Slam. Am I way off on that? I think Ireland's have a huge task ahead of them. I think. The fact they haven't created, and I know it's one position, right? But the the lack of succession planning at ten is going to come home to roost. Now they are going to struggle. That fear factor that Sexton, for whatever reason, seems to put into teams. You know, the 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 most obvious wrap around in history seems to throw even the best international defenses into complete panic. The 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 tens that you know is Joey Carberry as good a ten as Sexton? No, absolutely not. Not even in the same planet, right? Is any of the other players that have played ten at club level as good as Johnny Sexton? No, not even in the same planet. They've got a huge problem ahead of them because their game relies on control at ten. They've got they've got a nine who you know with um, Gibson Park. I think he's he's a decent player, but I think he relies on his ten. I think Murray Murray will not be near the squad. I don't know if he's stepped down or what, but I don't think Murray will be there. They've not got that dynamism to run a French-style nine, nine control game, which with the 10s, they've not bloodied at international level or have proven time and time again they're not actually up to the standard required in Ireland. I think they've got a huge problem. Um, well, so I, th- I think this France is, this will is be... Kind of, this is kind of off the top of my head, uh, and for both of you, like... And I know exactly what you mean. Sexton had that fear factor where other teams are like, oh, is he going to be here this week? Is he not? Like everyone, that's like the first question on their mind. Are we going to be defending against Sexton? But all the tens who've been knocking on the door, I almost feel like the Sexton fear factor was worse for fly halves in Ireland than outside Ireland. Like, because those guys are like, oh, if I come in for my, my eight minutes this one weekend and I don't do all these things, boom, I'm I'm back buried on this bench again because yeah. of Sexton. It Is had him being gone, but potentially like the chance for some of these young guys to be like, ah, I don't have this massive specter looming over me now, and now I can actually shine. Is, is this an opportunity for Ireland? 
I think if you watch the documentary that was done about the Ireland 10 shirt, there was a documentary done a few years ago about the transition from Ronan O'Gara to Johnny Sexton and the rivalry that was existed there. I don't think the spectre of Johnny Sexbot is away. I think that looms, you know, whoever takes this shirt, it's like, you know, like in, in soccer, you've got, you know, famous number seven shirts in certain clubs and it's who takes it on next. They're compared to them. I don't think the Sexton thing goes away. I think it's a change of dynamic. I think not having him directly in the coach's ear will benefit players, but I still think his ghost will will be wafting its way across that team and I the fact he's already been in the press, you know, talking about how hard it is being retired and you know, the fact they're continuing to talk to him, he's not going anywhere. So I I really, really think Ireland are going to struggle to to allow because what these guys needed was what it Sexton had with Agara. They needed, you know, 30 caps. Either you know, with maybe you know, forty percent of them as starts against smaller teams, or you know, bloodied at a decent level, getting a good twenty minutes against the New Zealand, getting a good twenty minutes against France and teams like that, and they've not had that. And and they've Greg and, is John right? Absolutely, and and there's one person that 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 uh, that that would have come in and given them that. Yep. And funnily enough, he's now got a Scotland shirt on his back. Yeah. And Ben Ben Healy's that Ben Healy uh, has proven he's already saved Edinburgh in the first two games he's played for them. He um, did. He outscored in your first game. He outscored the other team, or no, he equaled their entire score. So all he all needed was one more point. Yeah, and he's and he's okay. He's, I think he's a very similar player to Sexton. I think he's you know he's new. He's not got the wrap around. You know, yes, we can develop yes, that. We can that build can that. Develop. He's, got, he's got the same stature. He's got the same um, the same play to the line. I think he plays to the line a little bit more than Sexton probably he's, does. He's a bigger boy than Sexton. He's got yeah. that in his in his armory. Um, but uh, you know, I think that I think they've made a huge mistake. Um, I know that Munster fans think they've made a huge mistake. Yeah, they do. Um, and uh, and oh, don't get me wrong. I think is it Craig Casey? I think I think Casey's. Casey, he's, yeah, he's he's the nine nine ten, isn't he? He, he kind of covers both. Uh, he's, yeah, he looks um, a decent prospect, but but uh, but Ben Healy was and 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 the problem we have is is you know, um, going to an Edinburgh situation is the fact that a I don't know if he's going to be used correctly at Edinburgh or he's going to be overused at Edinburgh to save us from from ourselves. Um, <laughs> I think I think also the fact that um, with Scotland, you know. He's going to have to get more game time for Scotland, yeah. um, you know. And Finn Russell's going to have to become this mystic Johnny Sexton. Sometimes plays, sometimes doesn't play, sort of player. Um, because Healy needs. He seems to be doing that with Bath play. already. He's already. Yeah, he didn't play this weekend. Yeah, did you? Yep. You know, um, and and every touch he's had, he's had. Okay, he's had a couple of. You know, the first couple of games he played, he, he's had he's had one touch that, that everybody's played over and over. Had a fun moment, has it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, but mind you, to be honest, uh, any decent any decent ten in the Premiership is going to look fantastic. Um, but uh, that's a that's a different story, you know. But um, yeah, I, I, we'll see how it goes, you know. So weirdly, this brings us to our first topic. <laughs> a little strange at, at this uh late stage in the pod to say that we're at our first topic but so this is something i'm really wondering about um i'm hoping y'all can sh some shed some light on this for me um 
Craig, last time we talked, I asked you if Scotland were in danger of missing a window of opportunity. The team is better than they've been in the comparatively short time I've been watching them. There's some truly all-time worldy talents on the team right now. I don't think Duhan comes along every couple of years. I don't think Tua Pilatu comes along every now and then. I don't think Darcy Graham is someone you can expect to see with regularity. I don't think Pierre Skuman comes along every odd week. And let's all, like keep in mind, we just mentioned it, these incredible players are getting the ball from the magical mitts of Finn Russell, one of my all-time favorite players in the entire sport, who's going to be 35 when the next World Cup rolls around. I guess the question is about Gregor Townsend. We've been talking about him for a few years now. We've gone from, eh, let's see where this goes, to get rid of that guy, to, oh, look, he's consistently beating England. Let's give him an extension. My take is Gregor has done as much as he can do. He brought his squad to sixth in the world. Um, we have this weird thing now where Scotland crashed out of the pool stages, but because everyone you know kind of predicted that, nobody seems that bothered. Um, that was an incredibly long-winded way of asking, is it actually time to get rid of Toonsie? Oh, um, uh, I think... Um... I think John will have a stronger opinion. I don't know. Um, <laughs> for for me, I think I, I've got my problem. If I'm going to, if I'm going to, I'll, I'll give you a couple of positives and I'll give you a negative. Okay, will I start with a negative or will I? Will, will we, let's have do, a go. do positive, negative, positive. The, okay, pos- okay. Positivity sandwich. Positivity. He's he's developed some phenomenal players and some some fantastic playing. Um, uh, structures within Scotland that has brought us on that the last the last Six Nations and the Autumn Games etc has really proven that we're, we're fitter, we're stronger. Our, our finishing in the last in the last twenty minutes is you know we're we're basically looking to be fitter and faster than the team we're coming up against. Um, so that when they drop off, that's when we score three or four tries to take the take the win away from them. Um. So I think he's developing the team. He's developed the team very well. Um, on a negative side, he he's still toony, and this is the, the this is a slight issue. Um, for example, he got the he got the uh, the bench structure completely wrong against um, uh, against uh, um, Ireland. Um, he. Has and I'm going to say this, and Johnny McGinty's probably going to punch the air pretty pretty quickly when he hears this. He's ignored Johnny Matthews. Okay, um, I think his full name is Try Scoring Machine, Johnny Matthews. Sorry, okay, Try Scoring Machine. <laughs> uh, copyright Johnny Johnny McGinty. Um, I think he's he ignores players because no matter who tells him how good they are, he needs to see it and he needs to make that decision. Um, and you know, you look at the, all the drama with Finn Russell. Now, you don't know what's going on in the background. You don't know if Finn's getting too big for his boots or whatever it is. But he's 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 decided to punish Finn at certain times by saying he's a he's out of form or he's drunk too much beer or whatever it is. Um, he so I, I think also the fact that he's he's protected the the two Scotland teams, Edinburgh and Glasgow. He's got his fingers in the pies there. And he, and and I think that that creates almost um, 
that the players don't get the opportunities to develop. You know, you can see that hugely with Danny Wilson and George Horn. I don't think George Horn was that fancied by Gregor Townsend. No. And and then all of a sudden, now that George Horn is playing incredibly well, oh, actually, maybe we should use it. Use George Horn. So it, on that side of things, I think he's, he's just, as I say, he's still toony. But on the last positive, um, he has brought Brad Moore in. And Brad Moore has done okay. a huge amount. Um, he's he's all over the renaissance of Scotland's Scotland's attack. Yeah. Um, he's he that's 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 Brad Moore all all over, um, along with um, uh, Pete Horn, who's incredibly um, well thought of. We actually thought he'd Pete, Pete, Pete Horn was being promoted too quickly, but actually it's been shown I that he's, do, he's been doing a great job. So, so job. you know that, that that's where the whole Tooney thing is. I, so I haven't really given you an answer of whether you should go or not, but this is the conundrum that we all have. And I'm you're, saying to me. <laughs> you're saying he's the perfect coach if he could get more time with the national squad, but that doesn't, I don't know if that's forthcoming. But he, yeah. But he could. That's the thing. This is the thing. I think he's got too much time with the national squad at times. I think he, because he decides that, you know, because there's players there that if you look at, there's, if you can look at the Scotland squad as a whole, there's players there that you go, hang on a minute, they're not doing, they're not all that great shakes at their own, the team that they're playing for. Why are they there? Um, and then all of it, you know, um, or there's players that you go, oh, actually, why are these players here? Because they're, they're not great shakes with their team and then all of a sudden they're doing a great job for Scotland. It's a really, it's a huge conundrum. It's, it's, and for me, that's why I guess you get so much of the Scotland fans going, there's so many Scotland fans who say Tooney should stay and there's so many Scotland fans that say he should go. It's a real difficult one. John, it, it's really easy to say, we have to get rid of our coach. Like it, it means the casual fans, easiest thing. Oh, the coach is the problem. Let's yeah. get rid of him. But it's not that easy to say who could or would replace that person should the SRU consider jettisoning, jettisoning Gregor. And if so, who should they be thinking about in terms of a replacement? Well, I think this is probably the heart of the the the, the Tooney stays argument is that who else would you get, right? But and I think that's but for me, this is probably shows the lack of ambition from the SRU, shows Maybe the actual standing of this Scotland team in world rugby, we're maybe you know we are really as Craig highlighted earlier in the podcast, we are very good at talking up our own our own players and thinking we're this and that. But actually, Scotland in world rugby terms, you know, yes, we're fifth, sixth in the world at the moment, but that's been pretty hard earned, and we are really a eighth, eighth in the world is usually where we sit. So, you know. Really, we're looking at the eighth or ninth best international coach in the world would be our, you know, prime prime option. Townsend has had this job for far too long. He's had the job far too long. We've had too many disappointments. We've had too many false dawns. The number of times, you know, it's a, it's almost a hilarious parody in Scotland where we talk about, you know, Stuart Hogg saying, we'll learn lessons from this and we'll do this and we'll do that. And they never do, right? And they never do. This is the most individually gifted Scotland team I've ever seen. And they've got grunt, they've got they've got size, they've got, you know, things that Scotland teams have lacked in the past. They are able to compete. They've got world-class talents. And not just that, they've had succession planning in world-class positions. Like, for example, Hamish Watson, world-class at seven. 
oh look, here's this Rory Darge guy. He's not he's not bad, is he? Oh, here's this Jamie Ritchie guy. He's quite good as well, isn't he? You know, you've got talent coming through in certain positions. I don't think Townsend knows what to do with that. I think he's reached a point. He's tried Tooney Ball. He's tried um, ultra-defensive Tooney Ball. He's tried, you know, he's then reverted to, let's rely on Hugh Pelotu. He's, he's tried these things, and I think there's, you know, there's never never a plan B, never a plan B on top of what he's doing at that point in time. We can't just cut and paste these things and put them all together because, you know, he seems to focus on one plan and one plan only. Um, so I, I think he should have been gone before the World Cup. I said it. I said it before the World Cup. I said it before. Um, I said it before the Six Nations that went really well, but it was a bit of a too little, too late for me. You know, it's it's kind of his plans had run out. And actually, if you remember the Six Nations as well, yes, we had you know we had a good Six Nations. We gubbed Wales. Um, we ran Ireland course for the first half. Um, but the problem we've got is that again we go back to that Italy game at the end. If Kinghorn hadn't scored, we were we were on to lose against Italy, which we haven't done in years. You know, we have to be realistic about the progress we've made. Um, we have we have improved, but so is I'm, I'm totally I'm absolutely fascinated with what he said about like, well, we're at this you know this ranking in the world, so that's the coach we can expect to attract. Yeah. Obviously, you want a, a coach that's better than that, right? So I, to I, I, bring I you in that, uh, it occurs to me, Ian Foster doesn't have a job right now. Uh, yeah, exactly. John, if I gave you the option to replace Gregor with Fozzie right now, would you take it? Yeah, absolutely, 100%. Craig, uh, if we could ignore c- current contractual obligations, can you give us a coach who would, in, in place of Gregor, usher Scotland into a higher echelon? Um, I can't, and that's my problem. And you just have Fozzie? to look is, at—is Fozzie the guy? No, because he can have what... Dave Rennie as his assistant. <laughs> yes. Foster, see, the problem with Foster is the Foster has had the—it's—it's—he's walked into the buffet, and his buffet is full of filet mignon and king prawns and and caviar. And he can walk along and say, right, okay, I've made, you know, I've, I've added an ice cream in beside my caviar. That was the wrong thing for me to do. I'm going to take that away. <laughs> if he comes to Scotland, he's got bacon. This is the most sausage. delicious metaphor I've ever heard. Okay. So he comes to Scotland. He's got bacon, sliced sausage. He's got some beans. He's got, a, you know, he's got, a, he's got a fish supper. He's got, you know, a deep fried Mars bar. You know, he has these he has these players and he's got a set amount of players he's got a he's got a um uh because if you like if if you wanted to do an Eddie Jones and come in and sweep through and bring all these young players through what young players are we going to be putting in there yeah, exactly because under, we don't really have them under 20s that are losing in record amounts you know yeah so it's a difficult one also you've got the SRU who you know look at Edinburgh for example they had um they brought someone in who really wasn't all that sure if he really wanted to coach coaching job. He came in, did a fantastic job for the first year, then everybody worked out his play and defended against it. He had a bad second year, decided I've had enough of this, I'm really not enjoying this. And then they go along and they they don't replace the, him with a another DOR or head coach. They bring in 
a senior coach who everyone goes, who? Yeah. And 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 this is the problem. And and I can guarantee if they did get rid of Tooney right now, they would bring someone in that's great value for money. The cheap option. It would be Franco Smith, a hundred percent. Yeah. And 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 I don't you know now now don't get me wrong, I think Franco Smith is a phenomenal um uh club coach. He's done a yeah. great job for okay. Glasgow. Um I don't think he's an international coach. Well he's a, he's, he's, a Scotland, co- anyway. he's a coach that requires that like we've said time with players. Like yeah. one of the things the thing coming out of the Glasgow camp is all about that create creating that culture. You know, Glasgow have always played at their best when there's an identity to their type of play, the culture of what they're trying to do, you know, they, they, they make it about the community. Similar to, I'm not saying Edinburgh don't do these things, by the way, but just, you know, Franco Smith has reinstilled that that was lost oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. under Wilson. Yeah. And we all joked at the time when Wilson got fired, we were like, well, finally, you know, SRU putting their hand in their pocket. It was still kept in the payroll for a while, just to make sure. But they went with a guy who... Franco Smith was, let's be honest, he was the cheap option. You know, they can, for all all the best intent, they can say he was, you know, the standout candidate in the interview process and all that. And he probably was, but he was still cheap. And there's no doubt the SRU won't put their hand in their pocket. You know, they, they've, they've been stung by the Vern Cotter, Cotter era where they, they did reach out for, you know, a coach at the top of his he he was he was the next All Blacks coach. Let's let's not forget that right. he was. That's why he came abroad was to get international experience to then go back and do the All Blacks job. That's what New Zealand's p- blueprint had always been. He came to Scotland. He didn't get the international experience because he was a year two two out because Townsend threw his toys out the pram. All of a sudden, you've got an issue. You know, he goes to Montpellier. He's not quite as quite as popular anymore, and. You know, by that point, the succession plan is gone. It's all about timing, and the SRU, I just think they'll not not take that risk again. It'll be a cheap, it'll be a cheap appointment. It'll be a Franco Smith with a, a Pete Horn assistant, hundred percent. I find this hugely fascinating because it, it's you two. I think more than anyone that ingrained that thing in me. The stay away from hope. Whatever you do, it's the hope that <laughs> yeah. kills you. Uh, <laughs> stay away from hope. And, and so your answers here on could a, you know could a better coach take you to the next level? Both your answers are like, well, the SRU wouldn't do that. Like yeah. we know historically that they make the wrong decision, they make the cheap decision, they make the the half-assed decision. But I'm talking about a theoretical world, like the one where <laughs> Greg, Greg and I talked and Scotland won the World Cup. A world that was much better than this one, but but. But if the SRU was, you know, more competent and they could get somebody who's above the pay grade, could that be transformative? Could that be a new era? I, I, sorry, Craig, I'll just... No, no, very please, John, on you go, mate. I think that it could be transformational, but it would have to be done in a way that is, uh, again, it would have to be systemic because you've got an under-20 side that is getting battered at the moment. You've got record lows for player numbers. You've got, you know, impending doom with a variety of different things in rugby just now. I know this is coming away from your, you know, utopia. We're going to hire, you know, any coach in the world. They would have to have full systemic control, and the SRU... The SRU would not allow that. But even if they did, it would take time. It would take a lot okay. of time. We've got a lot of, you know, our, we've, we've whisper it. 
day, uh, the, the um, thingy, Tom English was absolutely right when he said at the end of the Scotland's World Cup that this is as good as it gets. We've had world-class players who've papered over systemic problems in Scottish rugby, and this is as good as it gets. Craig, agree? Um, yes and no. 70 per- I'm 70% behind John, absolutely. We don't have currently the the structure in place to bring young talent through. And what we what we what the SRU did do and invested heavily in was a um uh oh the word has just gone right out of my head. Um but uh, uh bringing in players from other countries. Exiles program. Exiles, that's the word I was yep. looking for, John. Thanks. Um we have we have a very, very good exiles program and we have brought some players and, and people are people have talked away um, you know, they keep going on about uh, oh, the all these foreign players that are coming in now, it's ridiculous. Well, hang on a minute, Ivan Tukolo and uh, you know, all all of that were playing in the in the time when we were winning Grand Slams, we had exiles coming in and playing exactly. for us. So there, there wasn't a big there's no there's no big difference. But we I think we could solve it. And I'm gonna say something fairly fairly wild here. Um oh, here we go. I would like to see a Stuart Lancaster coming in and taking it. Yeah, I think Whoa! Stuart. Lanc- I think Stuart Lancaster was fired by England far too quickly, and if you look at him now, the coach he is okay. Fair enough. Let's 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 not worry about his LinkedIn um, uh, weird videos of his <laughs> uh, of his professional speaking program in management companies and all this that and the other. <laughs> and also this whole this whole you know uh, culture thing that you would like to build and and this that the other as as just as a coach to develop players for four years to take them to the World Cup, I think Stuart Lancaster would do a very very good job right now, and I think he's, and, and you have it reliably that he's still alive. He is. He's ra- he's now Rassing's head coach, Rassing '93's <laughs> wow. head coach. So you know, and he's and he's done a you know. I can guarantee you, wait, wait till you see Leinster under Jack Nia, Nia Bauer. Oh, it's going to be disgusting. Bar, like that, isn't it's it? going to be, you're, you're going to realise that, that yes, he was a, he, he was a, um, he had, he is a world, a twice world, world cup winning coach, but he's still a phys, he still started as a physio and he had Rassi behind him all the way. Um, Rassi, who's now head coach of South Africa once again. Enough, there's a shock. There's a shock. Um, so I think I think you you really um, you know I, I, as I say I, I think if if I'm looking out there and looking at all the coaches that are out there at this moment in time, I don't want to go backwards. I don't want to ha- bring anyone on anyone else like Vern Cotter back. No. I don't think Dave Rennie is. You know, I think you I think Dave Rennie would do quite well with the team, but I think Dave Rennie would achieve the similar sort of outcomes that Tunis mm. yeah. got. I think we need a total shift, and I think that's where Lancaster would bring a total shift. Yeah. So, amazingly, we're only to topic two, which is actually the, the final topic. I just picked two because I know <laughs> how we tend to go on a little bit. Yes, oh, I do uh, apologize for... Uh, uh, oh, no, no, no. And, uh, Craig, I feel like this one's almost tailor-made for you because topic two is about scrums yes baby yeah i've, baby. I've been in scrums I've, I've... <laughs> you've been near scrums sure back row. <laughs> so during the world cup i i heard a lot of the talk about 
getting rid of scrummaging. We we should get rid of it. People complaining about it left and right. Um, for me, I felt like I got to a new level of understanding of the scrum just by virtue of watching, especially those top teams play Ox Niche. He had that all-time great performance where he came in off the bench and just destroyed everything in his path. David Flatman, uh, Flatman he did a, a great sort of explaining bit about like how he was able to do that, why things were called the way they were. One of the biggest points I heard was, you know, how after, after winning two or three in a row after that, like if there was any doubt, the ref is going to assume he's doing things right and award him again, even if he was the one doing a little extra twisting and turning. Um, if you were playing rugby watching bingo, the center square would of course have the phrase, the dark arts right smack dab <laughs> in the middle it's almost an inside joke how the, the comms are falling over themselves to be the first one to to use that phrase in any given match what they really mean is we have no idea what's happening in there uh, i can't think of another sport where the experts in the booth have all decided that it's perfectly fine that they are clueless about one <laughs> fairly important aspect of the game all of this is a very long way of asking. Would having comms who understand scrummaging and you know make it and could make it relatable to casual viewers, could that be the key to growing this game as we're always talking about? Could a wider understanding of what happens in a scrum be the silver bullet for mainstream popularity of rugby union? Uh, obviously, one of you guys is is a probably a real expert on this so so john what do you think <laughs> just kidding craig no, oh, no, you take I, this one first i want to hear what john's got to say no um <laughs> that's a shock here here's a, here's the problem okay here's the problem and um it's like trying to say we're going to make star trek uh, a Thursday night American TV program worldwide, and and we're going to have everybody watch it, and everyone's going to get it, and everyone's going to, and that that's the big problem you have is that Flatman, forget David Flatman. Now, I I everybody must have David Flatman come along and do stuff like that, have a chat about it because he's. He is very. Not only is he very knowledgeable about it because he played in the scrum in, in the scrum, but he's plugged into the rugby community. He knows the different players, but he also is incredibly um, charismatic and can. And, and he does comms. Like it feels like he should be able to inject this understanding into these broadcasts. Absolutely, absolutely. And but the problem you have is once you, there is a level of where you can probably you could if you were looking at people's eyes as they're watching it and we start talking about scrummaging there's a level of point where they start to glaze over and and that's the issue um and you know that i you know i i've you look on my twitter feed it's very bare at the moment because i've been kind of busy and i've not been looking after it because i'm not that f much of a fan of mr mr musk and and all the things that are going on on Twitter at the moment, or X, or whatever you want to call it, but it, you know, usually it's full of scrum porn, and it's all about you know, look at this, look at that, look at how they work. I think, um, I think there's a couple of things that we could do. Um, yes, bringing incredibly knowledgeable pl uh, players to uh, ex players to, to 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 come onto comms, 
get rid of the the dinosaurs that are there um that are talking especially you know you 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 have you have the lucky um the, the you know you have the lucky um uh uh job of not having ITV or, in, or uh, independent television in the UK um looking after the world cup and bringing on um Clive Woodward and Johnny Johnny and Lawrence um, John, all yeah, just these these guys come on just because well they won the World Cup in two thousand and three. Now two thousand three, that's twenty years ago. The game has changed, and and also Clive Woodward. Now, if you look at Clive Woodward now, I was watching the watching the final, and he was out, or the or I think it was the third place game or so, the, the 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 bronze game. Yeah, and he was, and he was talking, and it looked like he looked like my eighty five year old dad trying to explain explain how the new TV works. <laughs> to be fair, he was really good in Tales from the Crypt. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Yeah. Right, so right. you know, just as you say, because Flatman will get to a point. Flatman will get the game will move on, and he'll and 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 he'll not be he'll not be able to describe it just as well as as he does. But you you have to bring in these people. But also, rugby could take a little leaf out of um out of the women's game again. Because they've sped the scrums up a little bit, so yeah. they've got a little bit of a scrummage shot clock on there, almost. Um, and and maybe the third thing is to referee the scrum properly. Um, it would be nice to have a couple of referees that actually know what's going on in the scrum and to and, and how the pictures are being painted by the uh, by the bodies that are going in there. But it's, so, uh, it's almost like they should have a, a sorry to interject, Craig, because obviously front row tends like a front row physique tends not to lend itself to refereeing so well. Like that—that's not a natural crossover you have generally. How would you? Well, I mean, generally, I'm not—I'm not, oh, not being exclusive. Um, <laughs> it's almost like it would be worth having, you know, because as you say, you need—you need to. If you've not been in a scrum, you've not been in the front row. You've got no idea of the nonsense that happens in there. You've got no idea of the like. It's a horrible place to be. It's a disgusting place to be. And all manner of nasty, nasty things happen. And there's always, always games of push and pull in, all sorts of nonsense to see who can, you know, you're not really trying to drive straight. You're trying to get your opposition to fall over, like a lot of the time. I was, it was very, uh, on a referee course with, uh, you know, I was on a referee course. I was on my level two coaching course. And yep. one of the referees came in, a very, very well known referee in Scotland. And, and he said, look, you have two packs come together and if something happens very quickly um you know someone's up to something yeah because you know you know if that if that if that hit if somebody hits the ground quickly or something folds in quickly somebody's up to something yeah exactly. and that's and that's the way it is but wow that's fascinating a, a scrummage a scrummage uh, uh, you know scrums are a rugby game in miniature without yeah. the ball and without the, the all it's, it's all about mind games it's all about getting movement it's all about um winning over the the, the pressure points etc on your on your fellow on your your opposite number so, so so again i would argue that you're making the argument that that it's too complex for us to really understand if you haven't been in there but like yes, we want right. the people who haven't been in there to to enjoy it right like can you translate the things you're talking about? These the the mind games that happen in this microcosmic level. Can those things even translate to fans, or is it a like? Are we fighting in an unwinnable battle? It's difficult because you know, for example, as we found out with um, Ox and Jay, um, 
what was happening with the, his fellow, his tight head South African against the opposition's loose head, what In was fact. going on on that side of the scrum made him look fantastic. And so it was an early, early, early lesson I got is that you're only as strong as the guy who's on the other side of this. Yeah. Uh, your, your teammate that's on the opposite side of this or the other side of the scrum. So I'm a tight head prop. I'm only as strong as my loose head prop because there's things and, can and, happen. And, and the guy behind you, the, the second row, you know, if you've got a big ballast of a second row as opposed to, a, you know, a ball carrying second row, you've got, a, you've got a bit more weight. If you've got an ache that can actually push, yes, you, you can actually feel it. Flankers will ignore. They're not really that important. But like Craig's absolutely right. And I would, I would argue there's an argument for a, a scrum referee. Like there should just be a yeah, referee. Do they need who, another camera or another official? Just or... a referee who just comes. Literally, their job is to referee the scrums. Like, yeah, you, roll them on for the scrums. It could be could be a former front row, Craig, and you roll them on and go right, referee the scrums. We don't need you to run the length of the park. I don't need you to be fit. Just come on, right. tell tell me what's going on in that scrum. I'll uh, look at I'll look at one side. You look at the other. To be honest, all you really need for me is 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 three cameras, one on each side of the scrum. Yeah, playing, one and one and one above. One above. Yeah. Yeah, and you and, see and, the angles. Yeah, hundred percent. And and you're there. I I I unfortunately I'm I'm off the opinion, and and that's no disrespect to John because John and I always have different opinions on a regular basis. Occasionally, um, not on this show, I, you don't. <laughs> I don't want I don't want any more referees. Um, for for me, that's part the of the whole. I, I can tell rugby doesn't want to add more, and frankly, sometimes they just can't afford it. Like adding yeah. another person, like the NFL, we've got seventeen officials for everything. Yeah. Like. Yeah. I don't think rugby wants to add another official, but it sounds like that might kind of solve a pretty big problem. But I, but I think the problem that we have is that it's it's inaccuracy run turns it creates a scrum. Yeah. Um, defensive play creates scrums. Where scrums, what I like about a scrum is that yes, people kind of go. Don't know what's going on in there. I think it's <laughs> I think it's almost like a um, you know, it's almost an attraction. Like you gotta come watch this game. These 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 guys are throwing this odd shaped ball around. They try, to murder, <laughs> they try to murder each other and then they've got this huddle every so often that's crazy. Have you and, have uh, you seen the, the big South African boy that does the rugby for toddlers videos? Yes, yeah, oh, yeah. But he's talking oh, about scrubs. It's where they it's where the eight boys from the bad guys come together with your eight boys and you have a big hug. <laughs> and Ox, the, the latest one I think he's talking about Ox and Chain, he says, hey. and he's he's trying to give the other guy some ouchies. Ouchies, that's right. Trying to make some ouchies. I'll, sh I'll share that with you yeah. on Twitter, David. I'll, I'll oh, that's fantastic. That seems it's... like the entire South African MO. Give yeah. the other team some ouchies. Oh, he, he is very, that guy's and Ox very will funny. be eating some cake while he's doing it, by the way. <laughs> but to go back to your point, David, about about promoting rugby union, I think Craig is right. Actually, like there is a mystery to the scrum. There is a a bit of a bit of crazy. I I think most fans would like to see it refereed consistently, and a, the law is applied properly. I think you know it's tough. You've got at that level, you've got gamesmanship happening all over the place. But if there was a consistency or just a let's go an empathy for the scrum. Of do you know what? Sometimes mistakes happen. Sometimes you've got you know a hundred a thousand kilograms of 
beef on both sides coming together. You know what? Sometimes you're going to slip. Your feet's going to go for you. Your studs are going to go. Your grip's going to slip. See if the ball's playable. Get on, mate. Just if it's at the back and I really grinds my gears, this secondary shove nonsense. I think this is a blight on rugby just now where the ball's playable and the ref shouts use it, but then you get the secondary knock on and then it goes to the penalty. That is a disgrace. Get rid of that. If the ball's playable, get it away. I also, can I can I add to that as well? Sorry, David, you were going to speak there in a second. Uh, let no, me no. just make this quick one. The, I think I think the more dangerous one is is um, we're taught, and when when you're at high level scrummaging, um, you're taught if that front row collapses and goes to ground, you chase Stop. your feet over the top over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you want to show the referee that it was them that caused the problem. Yep. So you keep chasing your feet. So if you've gone down, for example, if you imagine a hooker who's got his arms, sorry, I'm 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 on we're, we're, <laughs> we're all on pictures here, but unfortunately you're, listeners, Craig's arms are splayed wide. Like an eagle. <laughs> Basically, you've got you've got you've got a, a hooker setting up like an eagle. Okay. He has no control. When that front row goes down into the ground, he has got no way of stopping his head hitting the ground. Correct. And so if he's in the middle of all of that, he's landed, he's hurt himself, and you've got another um, another um, uh, 400 kilograms coming over the top of you, it's it's just wrong. And yeah. uh, I think I think that's... I think scrummaging for penalties, however much I like it and how much I think we are very, very important part of the game, it can cause issues uh, further down the line. Um, and I think it could the, there could be something in looking at that. Yeah, agreed. I love that. I, f- I feel like we could do an entire hour and a half on, on scrums. Like, I feel like I'm just now, like this tournament, let me lift up the lid and just peek in just a little bit. And if you want, I'll bring some other fans. Like, like I've only been watching this sport for, for, for eight years. And, and that's a lot for people in America, frankly. So anyway, did you lift the lid? Did, did the, did it growl at you and smell? Slightly. Uh, well, I, I lifted it, but then it moved slightly to the left, and the left blew it up. And I, I, I still don't know what happened. <laughs> very good, very good. <laughs> so, my friends, it's prediction time. I already have Patricia and Johnny's picks. I I've got to get yours as well. I'll tell you what mine were, of course. Um, before we do all the end of the year stuff, though. I want to talk about your teams in particular. Your teams, by the way, are now tied for overall records at two and one. Glasgow, they're smack dab in the middle of that sort of playoff side, the nice upper side of the table, while Edinburgh somehow are sandwiched between the have-nots in between Ospreys and Benetton. John, is is that trend going to continue? Is that a microcosm of the year? Um. Yes, let's let's go. With yes, I think I, I've said a few times this is a very unpredictable year. You know, post World Cup year. I think Scottish teams are benefiting just now from Scotland's poor showing at the World Cup, and that we've got internationals back quicker. We've you know been able to put out, actually to be fair to both Glasgow and Edinburgh, they were able to put out very strong sides in week one, um, which is different to, you know, Leinster, you know, the teams that have went further, not that Ireland went that much further, to be fair. Um, so it is, it's, it's been a benefit. I think, I think the Scottish teams 
I think they're both set for a very good year. I think Edinburgh have got, they've cured a couple of the ills that maybe were hampering them last year. I think defensively, they're looking a bit more solid. We'll, uh, we'll see how that progresses as the more and more internationals come back, if that adds a real cutting edge to what they're trying to do. But I think Edinburgh are set for a very good year. I think Glasgow, even in spite of the, the Connacht game, I think that was probably a, a, a blessing for Glasgow, given that, you know, what the guys have all been talking in the programme last the, the other night with the Glasgow game. Franco Smith has absolutely ran through them after that game. Um, that was a throwback to a Wilson era sort of style collapse. I don't think Smith suffers that very lightly. So, you know, Glasgow were much better against a very good side at the weekend in the Stormers. You know, Stormers, for sure. Uh, that second that half, game. they were all over them and, and Glasgow held out, you know, kept them scoreless, which is, is unbelievable in a second half against against such a good team. So, you know, I, th- I think both teams will, long story short, I think both teams will be there or thereabouts. I don't see as troubling the finals at all but i think you know we'll, we'll probably both be around about the playoffs well we'll get to that uh craig what do you think can your guys get into that top eight this year i think we'll scrape into top eight um nice. i think i think i think glasgow um glasgow will be top four um i think edinburgh and again we keep going back to this edinburgh have all the tools available to them Yep. They have a stellar cast of Cancellere, uh, how good is he for your team right now? Cancellere for, for Glasgow. For Glasgow. Or... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Cancellere is unbelievable. He's... Yeah. Uh... Oh. oh, we went quiet. It kind of backed second. up there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. sorry. Uh, John, like th- that must be such a huge boon. But but Craig, uh, your team, really good right now. Well, uh, roster Buffelli. Well, this this is the thing, you, you, you know. Uh, well, <laughs> if if rumours are, are are to be true, Toulon will solve the fifteen uh, <laughs> fifteen problem fairly soon, um, and it, and it won't be Buffelli that's leaving. Um, but uh, so there's 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 issues um, that may be resolved, um, but for me, I think we have a stellar cast. It's using them that's going to be the issue. With Glasgow, they're really, you know, they have certain members of the team that are absolutely stellar, but they are under the radar and they, they have names that aren't out there. And they they seem to come together and play an incredibly good job, you know, an incredibly good game. So it'll be interesting to see um see how we go. But um I just I just want us to. I, I'm hoping this this new senior coach that we've got um, is going to do the job with Edinburgh, but um, we will wait and see what happens. Oh, I've been meaning to tell you. I actually, I finally got the email, um, and yes, I've accepted the position. I am now the new Edinburgh coach. Oh, nice. Okay, <laughs> that's good. Well, we might get to see you uh, more often, and that's yeah. cool. <laughs> I mean, I'm not making the commute. I I told them that I consider this a remote position. Uh, yeah, you um, work from home. No wonder. Yeah, I wonder yeah. why. I wonder why the VIP packages have gone up in price so much. It's to afford your wages. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it, you know, it's just to split my Zoom license. Um, <laughs> Craig, who is your dark horse team in the URC this year? Is it my Connacht boys? Perfect record, baby. We are go are are Connacht going eighteen and zero this year. I would. I have. I have to agree with you. Because uh, they're not. 
there's only one real player. Undiaki? That's, and he's not even back, and we're three now. Come on! Yeah, there's only one real player that's that that, that gets effect that affects Connor um, uh, when 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 it's Six Nations time, and that's Bundyaki. Um, the, you know, they are a strong side. They can they, and they stopped developed. playing him last year for whatever. I feel like he ran over Andy Friend's dog or something because Andy Friend was like, "No, you're not playing anymore." And he was like, yeah. Yeah, he was, uh, he was getting, he was getting held for the World Cup." Yeah, it was weird. Yeah. He was getting held back for the World Cup, just as John says. Um, he, you know, he was being protected. And and so was think, that it? Was was that literally? Is that the reason? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It must be. It must be. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's no way that you're going to. You know, that's like us, us, us not the, you know, us not bringing out um, Darcy Graham on it for Edinburgh and saying right, you know, in all these big games that right, Darcy's not playing. Why? Well, we just don't fancy him. He's not. He's not. He's not running right. For, fourth choice, mate. It's fourth choice. He's fourth choice. You know, for as far as I'm concerned, you you know. If you can play them, play them. If they're not available because they're being held back to be protected for the uh, for the Six Nations or whatever, then that's the reason. Um, but uh, no, I I think I think I think Munster have got a good opportunity to, to take it again um, because <laughs> Leinster are built, rebuilding, um, and Munster again are, are another team there who are who are who have a good level of players and 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 and. Um, uh, and depth there that they can come out and 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 grind every 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 weekend, you know. Um, but Connor John, said, uh, John, which team do you think might surprise a few people this year? So I I I, I do agree with you guys. I think Connor uh, are looking good. I think the problem you've got though is they are looking good, and that means they might see more players go to the to the Six Nations squad. And also, you know, it's an attritional game. Connor have got one of the smaller squads amongst Irish provinces. It all really for me, the Irish hopes in the URC all depend on what Ireland do in the Six Nations, depending on personnel. You know, because we've had this situation with Leinster for so many years where Sexton doesn't play. I think if Rory, uh, sorry, Ross Byrne is just given the keys at Leinster and said, on you go, don't have to worry, worry about Ireland duty so much because Joey Carberry's the 10, I think Leinster will be there or thereabouts yet again. Um, Jesus, it's, I know, I know, and it's annoying. I, you know, I think it's, I think we might see something new from the South African teams. I think you know the Stormers have been obviously the top oh. dogs for them yep. a few a few times. I think you might see there's been a wee bit of personnel shifting. The Sharks are in the are in the effing basement right now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're they're looking so poor, aren't they? I think you might see the Bulls perhaps might be one of the teams that start to like they've obviously been there or thereabouts anyway but I think you might see them really push for honours this year um, the Welsh teams will be as poor as ever I think I don't expect much from them and the typical discussion that Craig's, Craig's been you know as I've been talking around this point to get to here um, Benetton you know I, I, I just I think the problem you've got with Benetton is they supply so many players to the Italian team. You're going to see post-World Cup hangover from them. You're probably going to see... Um, I, I joked Nations just this past well. week that Benetton are better off without their returning international. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they are. Well, you, yeah. you got, you got to look at what Jacob Amanga is doing out there. Um, yeah. you know, he's he was so good for them. He's a difference maker. Yeah, 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 he really is. He's... What a signing that is, by the way. What oh, a signing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Big time. Like, yeah. It's massive. So we'll see how they go. But again, I think you will go, we'll come into predictions, I'm sure, David, in due course. But I I, yeah. I just think 
with the way the URC is structured, I just think it'll be a much a muchness, actually. I think the same characters will be there or thereabouts, so I don't think mm-hmm. it's going to be any different. So, final one before we get to our end-of-season predictions. So you guys can decide who goes first here. Who is going to be a breakout player on your team this year? This person, they don't have to be brand new, just someone who's going to make that that leap to the higher level this season. John's obviously going to go with Greg Peterson, obviously. He's told me over and over uh, again. Uh, no, I don't want to... Uh... Do you know what? No, that's not a topic. I, I'm going to plead the fifth on that. Thank you. Over <laughs> <laughs> oh. to Craig, just in case there's an. So was a, there was a few there. words I had for him at the game at the the other night, and they weren't complimentary. <laughs> I mean, you weren't there, right? So. Oh no, no. I, there was there was cameras though. There, there was there was video evidence. <laughs> I mean, somebody pile drived him too. Like anyway, Craig. Yeah, that, uh, that was uh, that was a shame. That yeah, that looked terrible. He was a real penalty was machine. He was a real penalty machine for for Newcastle, though. Yeah. He did what he did well for them, but he was a penalty machine for Newcastle. Penalty machine. He's handling so poor as well. He, he, <sighs> number of issues we had with handling. I know it's there was a few people dropping the ball, but you know, it's almost it's... like he's come from a second-rate rugby nation. <laughs> oh, oh, you know. Craig's playing for not getting invited back tonight. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> Ouch! I was res- I resemble that remark. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just getting. I, I'm sorry. I, I, the, the, the vacuum jokes, um, have have just piled up and broke me. That's all it is. <laughs> it's totally fair, and, and 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 like, obviously, you guys aren't exactly in line for a World Cup hosting anytime soon. Oh, so that's that, yeah. So listen, listen. I, I, we should still be there then. I'll, I'll tell you the most. Ex- I, I, I think it's a really no matter what anyone says in in rugby rugby uh, in rugby circles, I'm incredibly excited about an American World Cup. Ah, yeah, totally. I think it, I, I'm, I am booking my tickets. I'm coming to an American World Cup because I think it's going to be absolutely brilliant. And I hope every I've, game I've has American people who are, you know, I've talked to some people who are, you know, in there with USA Rugby. I've talked to the CEO. of Free Jacks, like people in MLR, like we're not taking it lightly. It, it's very serious. Uh, there's a plan. Things are happening. It's very difficult to see them on the ground, but you know, I'm I'm really trying to develop that hope. But anyway, as you all know, hope is what kills you. Anyway, um, yep. breakout players, breakout players. Right. Uh, from a Glasgow perspective, then there's probably a couple who there's a couple of players who are fresh fresh in the door that are looking like they might might get some game time this year and there's a couple that have been around for quite a while some you know that classic thing where someone's much older than you actually think they are uh but they're still a promising prospect you're like all right okay um i think angus angus fraser's really stood up well uh first first couple of weeks um i think he he is absolutely excellent um a real Real prospect again, good over good over ball. So he, he's his set piece seems to work well. He hasn't developed Scottish uh, Scottish hooker throwing uh, style yet. Seems a very good a good prospect. Um, 
also also in the front row and it'll be this is one that it's a big season for him Nathan Macbeth's just signed a contract extension to 2027 yes, I, I call I call him the Scottish player because you're not supposed <laughs> to say Macbeth at the beginning of uh, a <laughs> well yeah the Scottish player who is very very South African also but uh, keep, keeping our breed <laughs> of South African front row but no Macbeth signed to 2027 he's 25 years old which we know obviously props mature later um, but I think he could be in for a massive season, especially if he can if he can get past my favourite player in the world, Jamie Batty, uh, in the pecking oh. order. There's a there's a real option for him uh, to you know be utilised well for Glasgow this year. Um, and then obviously looking in the backs, I think this is the year you this is the year of Ollie Smith. I think you're going to see Ollie Smith's going to be your breakout star this year. I think he's going to you know he's been there or thereabouts around around the Glasgow side, uh, but I reckon you're going to see him tear it up and don't be surprised if Kinghorn finds himself in the 2020, uh, 22 shirt again um, for Scotland because I, th- I reckon Smith's a real prospect. The talent in the air, defensively very sound and an absolute baller with a cannon to boot. I, I think he's a great prospect. Those are incredible shouts. Craig, what do you got? Um, Ollie Smith needs to learn how to pass the ball, but that's a different story. Well, um, you mean you mean like the other fullback? Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> it hasn't held him back from playing ten, though. Uh, does he play ten? Does he? Well, I don't know if Smith plays ten, but neither did Kinghorn. So <laughs> I'm talking about. I'm not talking about how he passes the ball. Just passing the ball. <laughs> just, John. just passing it. Just okay. passing the ball. Um... <laughs> that didn't um, hamper Stuart Hogg. No, that's true. That's very true. Um, I think uh, we've got a couple. Um, I think this is Ben Healy's year. I think you, I think yeah. Ben Agreed. Healy has he has to prove that a everyone was correct in in bringing him over. Um, I think for Edinburgh, he's going to be a real linchpin. I think he's he's he has there's a real hangover from all the messing around at Edinburgh that he he needs to come in and sort that out. Um, mm. So I think I think that's one of the biggest shouts. I think. Um, uh, Scott Steele has a lot to prove as well. Um, he's injured at the moment, uh, um, but he's coming in at nine. Um, great name. Th- yeah. yeah, yeah. And also, what what you've also got to remember is Scott Steele is an ultimate utility player because he, uh, well, um, uh, I'm trying to think, was it? I'm trying to think who was who was sent off in the Scotland game that he ended up playing flanker yes. for. Yes, in, in, um, international back row, Scott Steele. Yeah, absolutely, Scott Steele. So. Uh, I think I think he's got a he he's looking to re, rejuvenate his Scotland career, um, and uh, I think he's he's going to he's going to push um, Ben Velikot quite dramatically. Ewan Ashman again. Um, yeah, Ewan Ashman love Ewan Ashman. Uh, yeah, Great although he, his running style is a little bit odd. Um, <laughs> but he, uh, yeah, I think I think I think well, you you mean fast? <laughs> well, well, no, I think it's more the fact of if uh, if you watch him, I think Lee Calvert um, on the Blood and Mud side. Yeah. He, he looks like he's running, but not actually. He's just because he's hovering. He's not actually yeah. like stepping. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it'll be interesting to see how he goes. Um, and Nathan uh, Sweeney, um, he's a he's a, a wing stroke fullback, um, a young lad coming through. Um, I think he'll be an interesting guy to watch as well. Yeah. Um, interesting. So, is it McSweeney or Sweeney? McSweeney. So, um, my, my friends, the United Rugby Championship. 2023 to 2024 predictions. We're going to start with you, Craig. Which team will have the best record by the end of the year? 
And when you say best record, do you mean winning it or just the best record? Just the most table points. Yeah, um, I think you're going to see... It's going to be a monster. Okay. John, who is topping the table in the URC this year? Got to stick to my guns. I think it's going to be the Bulls. The Bulls. Wow. Yeah. I think the Bulls will top the table this year. I like that. John, which team is going to have the worst record this year? Uh, Zebra or the Dragons? I know, but I need an answer. Dragons. <laughs> <laughs> I need an answer, John. I'll, then I'll go for the Welsh. Welsh one. If, they, <laughs> if they even last the season. If they wow. even last the season. Craig, uh, is it Dragons for you? Um, it's Zebra for me. Yeah. Smart. Okay, uh, Craig, this one might cut a little too close to home, but will any coaches resign or get fired <laughs> this year? Um, yeah. Um, oh, dear. Um, I, okay, let's go for something fairly bold. Oh, I love it, Craig. Here we go. I think Nianava is going to be gone within six months. Yeah. Well, well. Fortunately, the 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 term I used was resign or get fired, and so he'll probably quit. Right? Is that what you're guessing? <laughs> that I, that seems incredibly reasonable. I honestly, like, like, okay, I was fairly derogatory about him saying he was a physio because he was. That's how he started, and and yeah. you know, started in his coaching journey. But um, you, I think he will be offered so much money that he can he can bathe in it to go to France. Yeah. And he'll realise that without Johnny Sexton, Leinster are, are just Doug. Doug. Yeah. That which was um, half half the phrase I used about Greg Peterson. Yeah. Um <laughs> so I I honestly I honestly it's not it's not I like so much that. I, I don't I think six months is maybe too long. I I don't I honestly think he there's a good chance he won't take up his position because there's no way Leinster are affording a, a double World Cup winning coach. He is going to go somewhere where they're going to offer him. They're going to buy out Leinster, give Leinster plenty of money to say, sorry, but he's coming over here yeah. and he's going to go. John, any coaches resigning or getting fired this year? I, I, th I think Craig Shout's decent, but I reckon you might you might actually not see a massive turnover of coaches uh, this year. I think we're probably okay. at the start start of a cycle, so I think money money is quite tight as well. You know, this uh, lots of clubs are feeling the pinch a wee bit. So I reckon you might see a fairly with the exception, of, yeah, with the exception of maybe the Welsh teams because they're always good for a, a firing. Um, so maybe them, but I don't think anybody really worth talking about will change coach. Okay, I'm putting you down for a no, John. Will Zebre get a win this year? Uh, they'll, yeah, they'll get one. Okay. Craig, are Zebra getting a win this year? I think they'll get. I don't think they'll get two or three. I think. I think. Really? They, I really. They've. They. They are. They are no longer. Or in Italy, they're no longer being treated as the the second run team. I think they're getting a little bit of funding and they're getting a few. Um, a, a few better players into them, so I, I think I think there's there's a chance. 
mainly because every time Edinburgh seemed to go up against them, they give us the absolute uh, <laughs> squeaky bum time for us. So, uh, uh, funnily <laughs> enough, Glasgow had a little bit of squeaky bum time against Zebra for a little while as well. So We did, yeah. yeah so, did. I, I think it, all they need is a little bit of a push. Um, and, and, you know, I think they might get a couple. Greg, it's been more than a year since the Dragons have won at home. Are they getting a home win this year? Um. Yes, I think they will. Uh, they almost got one against Edinburgh, yeah. um, so um, I think they'll get a home win. Um, I don't think you'll see much else, but I think they'll get a home win at some point. John, did Dragons get a home win? Yeah, I think I think they absolutely will. Um, okay. I, I don't, again, like Craig says, I don't see them getting much more than that. But yeah, they'll 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 get a win at home. Okay, uh, for both of you. Which four teams are going to be hosting their quarterfinals? In other words, which teams make the top four in the URC? Um, either of you can decide to go first. Um, to be fair, I see Stormers, Munster, uh, already embarrassed, Ulster, and Glasgow having a home field advantage for those first that that first round of playoffs the ulster thing like so i asked uh johnny and patricia i was like i see ulster doing really good this year like am i just stupid and they're both like yeah <laughs> <laughs> like, like no hesitation they're both like yeah you're stupid yeah. so and then by the way immediately uh you know stockdale he's out balacoon he's out <laughs> instantly yeah, they're it's, out it's, it's like, all it's oh, all oh, going oh. horribly wrong yeah who are your four home quarterfinalists? Yeah, so I think we're going to go Bulls, Bulls and Stormers, uh, Glasgow, and possibly Leinster. Bulls? The Bulls, the Stormers, Glasgow, and Leinster. Glasgow and Leinster. G- Craig, agree? Disagree? Um, I think it's going to be. I think you're going to have. Uh, let me think now. I think it's going to be Stormers. I think it's going to be Munster. I think it's going to be Glasgow, and I think you're going to probably see Leinster in there as well. No, take that out, Connor. Connor. Oh, there he goes. Love it. Love it. So neither of you have Leinster. I had Leinster. I said Leinster. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. Okay. Um, Craig, you said Stormers, Munster, Glasgow, and and who was your last? He said Connacht. Yeah, because yeah. he was he was he was deciding Christ. to put his put his faith in the the upstarts. I love this. Okay, that of course though means which teams are going to face off in the URC Grand Final, and of course who is going to win. Stormers, it's funny. Bulls, so it, and then Bulls. after after the fact, after talking to Johnny and Patricia, I realized, oh, none of us picked any of the five through eight teams to even have a chance. Um, do either of you have any upsets in here? Like, or John, who's in the final? Uh, so I'm saying Bulls, Stormers, and Bulls, Bulls to take it. Stormers, and the and the Bulls take it. Yeah, it's the worst case scenario for the URC, but <laughs> Craig, but no, what do you got? Not be any upsets, I don't think. 
I think the upset's going to be it's going to be a Stormers Edinburgh final. Oh! <laughs> and, nice. and Edinburgh, Edinburgh are going to collapse under the strain. <laughs> it's going to be the Stormers. Stormers versus Edinburgh, and Edinburgh win. No, no, no. I, think, I, 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 think, I don't. I don't have Edinburgh for the win. Um, I think they're going to collapse under the pressure. But uh... oh, uh, David, could you send no, me the no, sound clip? I'm putting that, you please. down for the Edinburgh win. So... Oh, are you? Okay, <laughs> sorry, yeah, sorry. John, okay, what you okay. So what you're saying, Craig, is Edinburgh are going to reach the URC final? Can we just get that in, in stone just now, please? Is hey, that what? Oh, I'm writing it last down year. on paper and <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know you said it last year. It's, oh yes. I don't know. I, see, I don't understand this. I, I Edinburgh fan really is really positive about his team. <laughs> I don't know. The, shock horror. So it, it's really funny though because now that you mention it, like so, I think me and John pick teams we don't want to win, yeah. whereas Craig did pick a team he wants to win. So John's like, "Yeah, the Bulls are going to win." And I'm like. Ulster's going to win, and I've already been told I'm stupid for thinking that. But Craig's got the optimism. The Ed- I love it. Edinburgh might win. I think out of the three of us, wouldn't we all be happiest if Craig is right out of our three predictions right now? John wouldn't, because he'd never hear the end of it. No, absolutely not. <laughs> no, I would, I would rather. What was the phrase we used earlier, David? Poop in my hands and clap. Um... <laughs> that was your phrase, my friend. Yeah, I would, he, I would, he rather, would rather do that. He'd rather see Leinster win than uh, than Edinburgh win. <laughs> it would be tough, but yeah, probably. No, no, I would. I if that happens, Craig, I will eat massive amounts of humble pie, and I will be gladly supporting them in the final against. For sure, because I'm team. going to the final with them. I'm take. I'm buying them a <laughs> ticket, and I'm taking them to the. Ed- I'm taking them to the final. You heard it here first, guys. Uh, in fact, yeah. in fact, if Edinburgh are in a URC final. Okay, right. I'm paying for a ticket for David to come over, <laughs> and he's 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 flying in for the weekend. Hell so, yeah! I'll I'm, be I'm not I'm not going to make that same offer because I think there's more chance of Glasgow making it. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow, that's cold on, I, on multiple levels. <laughs> <laughs> you know who your friends uh, are, David. <laughs> but, but, but before I let you guys go. John and Craig, what fixture are you most looking forward to this year? Um, by the way, I've been through the times when you both were season ticket holders, and now you're both like, eh, I hope this is on cable. I guess I might watch. Um, is there any chance either of you going to like an 1872 Cup game or anything? I'm going. I've got tickets. Uh, I might, I might, I might go the 1872. I don't know. I'm, I'm, st- I'm still, I still need to look at my schedule since I'm a very busy and important person. I'm yes, you might s- be in Liechtenstein, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I might be. Yes, that's that's next weekend. I'll be in Liechtenstein. Yes, he'll be watching the smoke oh, yes. over the water in Montreal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I don't even know if it was a Deep Purple reference or not, but I love it anyway. <laughs> yeah, brutal, brutal. Any any chance I can get a Deep Purple reference in? No, no. Ah, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Um, what fixture looking forward to? Uh, do you know what? Actually, if you looked at this fixture list at the start of the season, it was probably this weekend. Um, Glasgow Stormers, mm. 
loved went to the went to that game last year. It was year. a great game. Were you there last this last weekend? Year. No, no, not this weekend. No, no, no. I was uh, gigging on uh, Saturday, so no, that's right. Um, busy, busy. Um, but yeah, so it was a great game. I'm trying to see. I'm actually. I, I'm if if we have a fixture. Um, well, first things first. If if we're playing and if we're going over Ulster, um, I I think I'm planning with a few of my friends to go over to watch Edinburgh Ulster if we're playing nice. over there. So I'll have to double check if so. I'd, I'd look forward to that. Well, one. like Craig, a year ago, right around this time, I think it was the time I was like, "Hey, Craig, did you know Stephen Kitsoff is on his way to Ulster? You've <laughs> got to get tickets for that game, right? Are you going to go yes. see your boyfriend, the the ginger fire hydrant? Oh, oh yeah." <laughs> Don't talk. Oh my my. Um, yeah, it's 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 well, you know, it's a good night out in Belfast as well as um, Stephen Kitsoff is there. So you know, there's a lot of there's a lot to be um, there's a lot of positives there. Um, I, I think I think either either in Edinburgh Ulster or um, if if we're playing, we should be playing uh, Munster. Um, I'd like I'd like to see us actually give Munster a bloody nose because we've we've been due it for some yeah. time. They've yeah. they've always been a little bit. Um, They've always been a little bit too good for us, so um, it'll be interesting to see. And also, you know, taking Ben Ben Healy over to score the winning the winning points yeah. would be absolutely fabulous. <laughs> I've just I've just looked up the Connacht fixtures, and they're playing the Bristol Bears in the Champions Cup on the Friday night that I arrive in Galway. So nice. let's, go buy, let's go buy some tickets. Agent McGinty might be one of his you know, two or three uninjured fixtures for that, that weekend uh, can, as well. Can, can I just say, and, 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 and this is, uh, a, uh, you know, John Anderson has to stand for this one. Magnus Bradbury is actually doing incredibly well with Bristol Bears. Yes. He is he's... showing, sorry? Yes, he's doing incredibly well because he's a club player. He, he is, he, no, I, well, we are we are probably both aligned with this that um that the Premiership isn't all that, um, yeah, totally, but yeah. but no. he is you know when you've got when you're talking about Alan um uh what's uh what's Stephen thingy's second name, but if you look at the names of the players that he's playing regularly with, and they are Fekka Tower um no it's not Fekka Tower it's um. What's his name that had the heart? Uh, heart, heart uh, Vakatawa. Um, you know, he's 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 playing some phenomenal rugby with these guys, and and apparently, from what I know, he's uh he's incredibly well liked, and he's and he's doing a great job. So, you know, for me, um, you know, my my wish is to see him maybe knock a certain old Australian off the Scotland squad. But we'll <laughs> I knew it had to come up at some point. <laughs> Okay, you you guys, I I gotta let you go. This has been so much fun. You guys are my favorite guys in the world, and it's just been fantastic once again. Um, I wish you all the best in the next couple of weeks. Hopefully, we'll catch up. Maybe we'll do a, a midseason URC like a catch up kind of thing. And um, yeah, in the meantime, I love you guys. You've got some postcards and weird, random stuff coming in the in the, the actual post for you very soon so i've got mine too love it mate it's always always cheers me up when i get those things so thank you very much absolutely you guys are the best cheers to both of you talk to you soon have a great and season all the best be well. guys. peace
It gives me great pleasure to be here today. Oh, that was neat.